Attention SLPs and OTs with existing private practices. Are you ready to level up your private practice and your life and make this your breakthrough year? If so, join us for Make More in 2024, a free training offered on Thursday, March 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern to discover how to shift from clinician to CEO. During the training, we'll talk about the importance of maximizing your income, adding revenue streams, setting up systems, and more so that you can ultimately work smarter and build a successful, sustainable, and sellable business. To sign up, just visit growyourprivatepractice.com backslash training. Don't miss the chance to learn how to effectively navigate the growth phase of the private practice journey. See you on the training. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Private Practice Success Stories podcast. This is a special Where Are They Now edition of the podcast, where we are going to talk to and catch up with two amazing SLPs, Renee Robles and Christina Ramos, who have a private practice in California. They have four brick and mortar locations, and they had a five-year plan, which was to open one new location a year for five years. Well, here we are in the midst of coronavirus. So listen to the episode to learn more about these two wonderful people and also what their plan is for opening that fifth location. Is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? Listen to the episode to find out. My name is Jenna Castro-Casbon. I am part of a group of private practitioners who have taken client care into our own hands. We are skilled clinicians who pride ourselves on providing high-quality care to our clients and their families. We are fighting against productivity requirements, administrative red tape, and unnecessary restrictions. We started our own private practices to take control of our professional and personal lives, of our schedules, of our incomes, of our future. We work hard for our clients, but on our terms. We believe in helping others, but also helping ourselves. We are not interested in competing with each other because we hope we'll all make it. We are successful private practitioners, and these are our stories. Okay, so we have a really exciting episode tonight. This is one of our Where Are They Now editions of the Private Practice Success Stories podcast. I am going to introduce you guys or reintroduce you, or they're going to introduce themselves, I don't know, to Renee Robles and Christina Ramos, who were in an episode called Their Perfect Partnership that we recorded back last April. And between now and then, a lot of things have happened. So Renee and Christina, do you all mind kind of reintroducing yourselves, telling the audience about your private practice and what you were up to, and then how things have changed. Okay, well, just like a little background information, if somebody didn't hear the previous podcast, Christina and I, we connected through a Starbucks kind of interaction. Actually, our our relationship went back farther than that. I was actually the SLP for Christina's high school when she was in high school, oddly enough. But when Christina was getting ready to graduate from university, I was trying to recruit her to work for the school district that I worked at. And I was trying to heavily recruit Christina. And she was kind enough to come over and take a tour with me at my schools, kind of listen to what I had to say. And ultimately, she passed. Nice. <laughs> nice. I did. I was like, goodness. 
she was like, no, I'm good. So it was like, oh, okay. Well, I was actually supervising at another private clinic at that time. And Christina was working for Kaiser. Yeah. So Christina was working at Kaiser and had some reports written. And I would call her and talk to her about the reports, et cetera. And we kind of communicated that way. Well, it just so happens that I was at Starbucks with a colleague of mine, and I was just getting ready to leave the school district after about 20 years, start my own private practice. And I was with a colleague from the school district, and in walks Christina. I don't know if you want to take it from here, Christina. Okay. Well, I remember that differently. (laughs) I think I was already in Starbucks. I love it. I was in Starbucks. Renee walked in with her colleague. And I kind of was like, Renee, she didn't recognize me at first, but to her defense, I had cut my hair. So we start chatting and she asked me, what's going on there with Kaiser? Because there were some things going on and her partner kept nudging her. And I was like, what? What's going on? And Renee very hesitantly was like, I'm trying to do my own thing and gave me her business card. And I was like, absolutely, let me see what I could do for you, let you know what's going on. Do you need a partner or do you want a partner? And she was like, mm, I didn't think about it, but if you're serious, let's have dinner. So we went to dinner the next Tuesday, still on my planner, and we had a great dinner. We hit it off. I knew right then and there I wanted to be her partner. And I went to my husband and I told him I'm quitting my job. (laughs) And I think she had a similar experience with her husband. Our husbands met, made sure we were all good. Because a business partnership is like a marriage. We're definitely connected in every kind of way you could think of as a marriage. And it's to the point now, even though we've only been together about four years, We can have conversations by looking at each other. And even our husbands are like, I don't know how they do that. (laughs) (laughs) Because it was meant to be. (laughs) But you know, Jenna, like any relationship, you have your ups and your downs. And one of the things that we reiterated, or what I like to reiterate from last time is, anytime you have a working relationship, you have to have those ins and outs and you have to have the ups and downs. And it's about communication, just like a regular marriage. It's all about communication and it's all about real raw emotions. And we both are able to sit down and go, look, I'm feeling this way and this is why. And I don't know if you like to hear it, but I have to say it. And it works both ways. It goes between both of us. And we both have to like, hey, we have to have a come to Jesus talk. And it it works because we're able to listen and we're able to communicate because if we can't do that, we're not going to go anywhere and we want to move forward. So that's what we do. Well, and that's why I titled your first episode, The Perfect Partnership. We were joking before we started recording that it could have been called, what do we say, two two crazy Latino women or something? (laughs) (laughs) But crazy in a good way, because y'all are two of the most ambitious and smart, savvy businesswomen that I've had the pleasure to get to know. When we first did the podcast, tell the listeners about what your dream was or what your plan was. It was a five-year plan. Oh, the five-year plan. Yeah. The five-year plan is to open a new clinic 
every year. So we are on year four, and we did open a fourth clinic. So we are four. <laughs> I love it. Tell everyone where in California, you guys are in California, but where in California you are and your clinics are, and what kinds of families you service, and what kind of services you offer. Our first three locations are in the Inland Empire, which is near San Bernardino, Riverside area of California, which is in Southern California. And our, our fourth location that just opened up is in Chula Vista, which is near the border of Mexico. So we went farther down south to Southern California. So we're kind of all, we're spreading through California and we service pediatric through geriatric population. So it sounds terrible birth to death because <laughs> we've had the really young ones that Christina does the feeding with infant feeding. And then we have the geriatric population and our oldest patient has been about 87. What you say, Chris? Yeah, 87. Yeah. So we kind of service everything in between there and we're strong with our community. We both grew up in the San Bernardino area. We both went to school in the area and we love our community. And We try to give back to the community as much as we can. I think I mentioned before, Jenna, that we sponsor baseball teams and dance groups and (laughs) anything that we can (laughs) sponsor, I'm trying to sponsor because it it gives our name out there as well on the little program, T-Ballers. Plus, you know, it gives back to the community. We get to give something back to them. They need your uniforms. Hey. Well, and that's, that's such a wonderful goal. I feel like that's a very like selfless and community oriented goal that probably a lot of business owners have, but you don't necessarily think about speech pathologists being able to do that with their private practices, right? You think of, I don't know, dentists or when I was a kid, it was always like the jewelry people. When I was a, on a team, I hated this name for softball, but the team was called the Diamondettes because they were a jewelry store that <laughs> drove me nuts. But anyway, congratulations for being able to do that for your community. I think that that's awesome. I think so too. Chris isn't always thrilled that I'm I'm not not thrilled when I don't know what's going on sometimes and I have people coming in for like they tell me that you have my check ready. And I'm like (laughs) (laughs) I'm all about giving. Believe me, I'm all about giving. Give me a headband sometimes. Yeah, but that's okay. That's how partnerships work, right? Okay, so so you had this this plan to open a private practice a year of this five-year plan. And where we are right now is we're at kind of the beginning of this whole coronavirus thing. So in getting excited for this interview, and I, I reached out to Renee and I said, hey, like, do you still want to do the interview? Is it still a good time? We could put it off for a couple months. And she's like, oh, no, like, let's go ahead and do it. And I know, again, no pressure on either of you, because this is a really trying time. But I I thought if there's any group of people who can still pull off this five year plan, it would be (laughs) it would be you two. But again, no pressure. So how are you guys handling the transition into this new world with coronavirus? I don't know if you've seen the shirts online, Jenna, that says, well, I'm a teletherapist now. Yeah. <laughs> where we are. Yeah, and you guys, you have a lot of employees or contractors or all kinds of people. So how has the transition gone for the people who work for you? Well, I'll tell you, we acted really fast. And as soon as we found out that, okay, this stuff is, is starting to happen, 
we automatically said, let's get a therapy platform, an online platform that we can get implemented really quick. That's one user friendly, one that all kinds of devices could be used for this platform. One that we could assist our community really quickly because they don't have necessarily ability to access a lot of different types of applications, et cetera. So it's like, let's move pretty quickly on it. So our platform is basically more of like a FaceTime where we don't have the bells and whistles, but we needed to act quickly. And so we did. And we did within, we started the looking at the platforms on, say, Monday. We practiced it on. Yeah, we practiced it on Tuesday, and we started implementing it on Wednesday. Wow. So we are three weeks into telepractice. Oh, that's incredible. So it was like our employees have been amazing, the backbone of who we are. They said, yes, we will do it. And we said, okay, let's all pull in together. Now, this is four clinics that are all pulling together. So even our SLPs who do our supervision were like, how can we help? What can we do? All our SLPs were willing to take a pay cut in order to help subsidize our slippers so that we make sure that everyone's getting paid. We had to let one of our employees go, but otherwise they're all up and running and we're all good. I think that's absolutely incredible. Something for listeners to think about is speed of implementation, right? Renee and Christina could tell that there was a problem brewing. They knew that they had a lot of people who were depending on them in terms of employees, in terms of clients and families. And so rather than just sit there paralyzed in fear for a week or two in this transition up to telepractice, as a lot of people were, instead, you chose the route of taking action and really saving your practice by reinventing it. Let me tell you, it's a lot about communication. Because Renee and I have to be in four different places, right? So right now, I was in kind of Grand Terrace, looking at that office, communicating with our rancho office. Renee's in Wildemore, and then bring our two Vista office. And so we have to communicate very effectively and make decisions very quickly together to be able to move forward. I talk to her every day for hours during during the day because we have to work out all the kinks. We have to think ahead. We have to, it's just all the things that go on with this and that we're still having to have communication about because of where we are now. We're still in the middle of coronavirus. And so we have to think about what this is going to look like for our practice and our employees one month from now, two months from now, three months from now. So that Monday when we were started getting the news, we were like, okay, Renee, what, what are we planning? Like, what are we doing? I have, I have this platform. What do you think? Take a look at it real quick. All right. You've seen it. We like it. I'm going to practice it with the girls. Renee's like, let me practice it here. This looks good. Okay. We transferred over 600 patients to teletherapy. Oh my God. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. And it's something that all our employees are like, what can we do? How do we do it? Listen, it took a whole team. It's like a village. And everybody was pulling together. We had an assembly line. The girls were just all about it, gung-ho. And I knew, I know they're flustered. It could happen so quickly. But they all just acted as quickly as we did. And they just 
David, there's not, there's so much I could say about our staff because they have been truly amazing through this whole process. Well, and that says something about y'all and your leadership and how you treat people, right? Because a lot of the people that I've noticed online and Facebook groups who are really struggling seem to be school SLPs who really weren't yes. getting enough support from their district. People weren't being clear with them. The expectations seemed out of line for whatever they had been told or I don't know. So it really says something about your employees clearly not only care about the two of you and care about your clients, but also care about the health of your company and the fact that they were willing to just step in and do what needed to be done says a lot about the business that you guys created and that they have the luck to be able to work with them. Well, thank you, Jenna. I think that you're absolutely right. I mean, it's something that I think our employees know how much we truly care about one, our community and our patients and our employees. And we've had no issues, no pushback. Everyone is, hey, we're all moving for the greater good. They care about their patients. They care about our families. But you know, it's not just our business, our practice. We have been in communication with the other clinicians and the other clinics in the area. And I think I had mentioned to you before that we go to lunch with them prior to this thing, but we go to lunch with them. We discuss what we need to do to run a clinic successfully. All the clinics, I'm going to mention them. (laughs) Wing Therapy is someone that's been a great support system for us. And we go back and forth with Angela and Lisa, the owners from Wings. And we say, hey, try this platform. Did you guys look at this? Here's what we could do with SBA. Are you guys on top of that with SBA? We're all trying to support each other so that we all can support and build and stay established because it's important for all of us. It's not just our clinic. It's all the surrounding clinics as well. We want everyone to succeed. Well, and now more than ever, because when, when I just feel like this, the dominoes, like once people start like pulling out or once like all these, kind, there can be a chain of events that could be bad, right? If we don't mm-hmm. band together, if we don't support each other, both like, you know, emotionally, but, but financially too, to make sure that we can all oh, come yes. through this as best as possible. Right now we're, we're okay. We're, we're doing good financially. But we've had to do some things. We have to make some trims and we have to tell staff, hey, look, the pay is going to be a little bit different. And it's just, it is what it is. And they're all like, okay, we get it. But our SLPs have been like, how can we help? What can we do? So everyone's pitching in to support by both. And we couldn't be more appreciative. I love it. So none of us really know what the future holds, right? Like in any way, and especially in now times. Are we looking for where we're going to have number five yet? Yeah, kind of. Tell, tell us about number five. <laughs> well, you know, we're kind of, we're, we're checking to see where this is out, where this is going to end us up. But what we would like to do is maybe because we're so far down south in Southern California, close to the border and then in the Empire, San Bernardino, there's that big area in between there. We might need to fill in those areas. But Chris and I are always kind of like, what do you think about this area? What do you think about that area? Where are the needs? So a lot of times our vendors tell us too, like, hey, we need clinics here. We kind of go kind of like that. But we also do our own research on to where we need to be next. But we are always striving to grow. Even yeah. in this turmoil, hey, we've got to do it. Well, and again, if anyone can do it, it's the two of y'all. 
who just like, as you're describing this and listeners, just think about what these two women have created from like an early sort of, I don't know, acquaintanceship or something that then that fateful meeting at Starbucks, like no matter who was at Starbucks first, whatever, clearly (laughs) you all were meant to run into each other at Starbucks that day, have dinner a couple nights later, the husbands approved of the whole thing. And now to have all of these locations, all of these clinicians working for you, who have really been the the backbone of your business and will continue to be because of how you've treated them and how committed you all are to serving your community. Yeah. And when we get through this, I mean, it's going to be a celebration and we will get through this. And I'm confident that the SLP community will get through this. And I want everyone to keep your eye on being healthy, number one remaining strong and helping each other out. I always say this, we have to throw the rope over and help each other out. It's imperative for us to grow as human beings and businesses. Yeah. And now more than ever. Yes. Now more than ever. Is there anything else that you guys want to share with the listeners about learning from this experience or learning over the past few years, working together and building this amazing private practice that y'all own? Well, you know, the funny thing is, is the last one we did, Jenna, when we were done and we were telling our husbands, my husband said, you guys should have talked about what's your next venue is going to be. I'm like, telepractice. Well, look at us now. <laughs> I think a lot of people thought, well, I'll do telepractice one day, right? Exactly. Yeah. There's some yeah. people who got started with it right away and have been doing it for years, but they're, they yeah. pres- and I tried to figure that out. I went on the ASHA website. If any, if you guys know this information or if anyone else knows how many SLPs, they do those surveys every year. So I don't know what percentage of SLPs were doing telepractice before, but my idea is like not a lot, right? So, uh, no, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but I'm I'm assuming it's not, well, it's obviously not nearly as much as it is now, but a fairly small percentage of people, I'm assuming, were doing telepractice. And now the entire profession has gone <laughs> to telepractice. Yeah. Right? So this, for anybody listening, right, if you're in the SLP community and this is something that you feel very powerful about now that we're in the situation, I think it's time for us to lobby for telepractice to really be a part of what insurance will cover. Yeah. Because right now they immediately did it, obviously given the situation, but the reality is that they don't often approve telepractice. And we have a lot of immunocompromised children, young adults, elderly patients. And the reality is if they have an option to do telepractice, then we can actually eliminate people being sick coming into therapy which would eliminate, or I would say eliminate, but it would probably decrease the spread of viruses. Yeah. This has shown us that a lot of things can be done online that were thought Uh to previously not be able to be done online, right? Telepractice used to be something that really set a clinic apart as being a very different thing, right? But I feel like now that more people are doing it and also that clients are embracing it more too, people used to be afraid of the technology or whatever. But now people are doing it. It's more comfortable. I think that it'll be interesting to see what happens in terms of how many people keep going with telepractice. I'm sure people are obviously excited to get back to in-person therapy, obviously. 
But some private practitioners may keep telepractice as a service delivery model, and they weren't doing that before. Right. I mean, I think that's something that we would like to do is we talked about it as an option. If depending on how the lobbying goes, if we do decide to lobby, which I hope we do, is yes, we like the brick and mortar mortar clinic. Yes, absolutely. But if there's times when families can't give it, come in because one of their other children is sick and, hey, we can't come in, but, hey, we have the option of the telepractice. Let's do that. Or Southern California traffic. Oh, there was an accident. We're not going to make it in. <laughs> yeah. Do we have an option to do it while we're at home? Absolutely. Let's do it that way. Give us families some options. I think that would be a positive. Yeah, I think that this whole thing, there's a lot of negatives with this whole thing, but there's actually some positives that I'm hoping will come out of it too. So thank you both for being such shining stars of just sophisticated businesswomen who are figuring out how to build a successful business that is weathering and will continue to weather this crazy storm that we're in. It's crazy. And good luck getting location number five. I know y'all can do it. Again, no pressure, but I feel very strongly that if any two people could do it, it's y'all. Well, thank you, Jenna. We appreciate you so much. Uh, You are awesome. I love all your podcasts and I love all your communication with all the SLP world. Bless you, Jenna. Well, and bless people like you who are out there giving people jobs, getting services to people in the community who need you and acting quickly when everything changed so that people could preserve their jobs and could preserve the therapy that they needed. You guys are great. Awesome. Well, thank you again for this wonderful Where Are They Now episode. And listeners, if you didn't listen to their first episode, please go back. It's called Their Perfect Partnership. And now that you've heard this episode, I'm sure that you're excited to hear the backstory. And with y'all, maybe we're going to have to do a third installment Of the where are they now after you get that fifth location. Yes. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you guys for being on the podcast. Okay. Thank you, Jenna. Thank you. So how amazing are Renee and Christina? You know, the very first episode they did was called Their Perfect Partnership. And as you can see, they still have this amazing partnership. And things like coronavirus are really going to put that to the test. But the relationship and the foundation that these two women have in their business partnership is going to help their business succeed and hopefully thrive even on this uncertain period. If you didn't hear their first episode, their perfect partnership, go back and listen to it now. But one of the things that I hope is a takeaway for you is how business owners take strong and decisive action. The fact that everything was kind of crumbling and they switched over to telepractice in three days is nothing short of amazing. During that time, I saw a lot of SLPs online thinking about, well, what platform should I do? Should I do Zoom? Should I do Blink Sessions? Should I do all these things? They didn't have time to make those decisions. They had a staff. They had a community. They had 600 clients who needed services, and they were able to deliver those because of moving quickly. So I hope that you heard that lesson and will roll that forward in your own private practice. Thank you for listening. I'll be back next week with another episode. Till then. Now that you've listened to the episode, I want to invite you to a free training. Do you have a business background? Most SLPs who go into private practice don't. You went to grad school, not business school. But here you are, 
trying to start or grow a private practice. The good news is business skills can be learned and I want to help you make solid decisions on how to start and grow your private practice so you can serve your community and build a legacy while doing therapy on your own terms and your own time and yes, make more money. I want to invite you to my free training specifically to help SLPs get the background information you need to know in order to be successful. There are two tracks, the start track and the grow track, because the needs of beginners and growth level private practitioners are very different. The trainings are short but thorough and can be consumed and put into action quickly. I wanna teach you how to think, act, and behave like the private practitioner you are meant to be so that you can step into the vision you have for your private practice and your life. And the best part, these trainings are completely free. To register right now, simply visit independentclinician.com, click start or grow, and we can get started right now. Well, this episode might be over, but we don't have to say goodbye. Head on over to independentclinician.com for resources that will help you at each stage of your private practice journey. If you're on Instagram, let's connect. Follow me and send me a DM. I'm at independent clinician. And if you're on Facebook, make sure that you join the SLP and OT Private Practice Beginners Facebook group. All right, off to help more regular SLPs and OTs become successful private practitioners. Let me know if I can help you too.